Hi, this is Andrew Collier, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Folks, this is Ron Matthews. Thank you for checking out this episode of Sonic Perspectives, where today we welcome the insanely cool, the original dude, keyboardist, singer, songwriter, and all-around awesome guy, Andrew Collier. Hey, Andrew, what's going on, everybody? How you doing, Ron? Uh, hey, everybody in Sonic Perspectives land. What's up, dude? I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Thank you so much for tuning into this uh, episode today. So, Andrew, we got a lot going on, dude. There's a lot happening out there. Um, first of all, I just want to familiarize people with you. Uh, you perform with your band, Circuline, uh, acclaimed band, Circuline. You perform in Cell 15. Uh, you've, you are on the new Awaken album that's coming out. You're getting ready to tour with Robert Berry on the 3.2 tour. Um, is there anything you don't do? You know, I'm not good with cars and, and mechanical engines and things like that. Well, I think not you're kind good of a spark that. plug as it is. I am a, I am a, I'm a little of a freak of nature, but yes. You know, some people can like take a motorcycle apart and put it back together, and I'm not one of those guys. Yes, but I can't perform the, the keyboards on Tarkus, so I think we're all cool. <laughs> that Tarkus is fun, actually. We've played that before. Okay, you know, listen, um, a big thing is coming up, and I really kind of want to start off with this because you've put out a, a lot on, on Facebook and on social media uh, concerning Progstock, which is coming up here October 11th through 13th, and I want you to tell people why they should be at Progstock this year. You know, Progstock is an awesome event, and I want to, and, and you know what? Today is actually the anniversary of, of Woodstock, the 50th anniversary of the original Woodstock concert. Maybe it's tomorrow, but like this week is the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. So here's the thing. In 1969, people from, from all over, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people came together for three days of peace and love and music. And if you're a fan of rock music and specifically progressive rock music, but if you like rock music in general, you really want to attend Prague Stock in New Jersey. It's three days of awesome music. And it's and besides the music being awesome, the people are fantastic. And it's a great venue at the Union County Performing Arts Center. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. The food's great. They've got special beers on tap, you know, craft beer if, you like, if you're a beer person. But the, the people, it's really about as much about the people and the experiences as anything because – it, all the people are super nice. They're all into the same kind of music. You 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 just can't have a better time anywhere else. And what what's you know for me, the first Prague Stock was in 2017, and I got to perform there with my band Circuline, and that will be out next year on a live CD DVD Blu-ray. That's going to be our next product. Uh, and then last year I was actually helping on the team with Tom Brislin. I was part of Tom Brislin's audiovisual team, helping him with tech things and video things and audio things. And he's now the new keyboard player for Kansas, keyboardist and vocalist. And then I get to go back this year, you know, with 3.2 featuring Robert Berry. And we are one of the headliners 
on, on Friday. I mean, one of one of the weekend headliners, and we're on Friday night. So uh, the Saturday night headliner is Brand X, an amazing jazz rock fusion band. And Sunday night's kind of a doubleheader with the band, the newly reformed band Nectar and uh, Saga. So, oh. oh my God, dude, Saga Saga hasn't performed in the United States for almost 20 years. 20 years. So, I know. Well, I mean, Saga alone, people should come. I and mean, that's not even all the rest of the bands. And there's there's late night things. Friday night is Saturday night. There's after hour stuff going on. It's just a three day party. And the coolest thing is it's on it's in October. It's always in the fall. And it's Columbus Day weekend. So for some people, you know, it's Monday the 14th. It's Columbus Day. And there are a lot of people who get off work. It's not a regular nationally observed holiday. But for many people, it's a holiday. And then you could travel home on on Monday. So and, and the tickets are super cheap, you know. Where, I mean, some people pay like two or three, four, five, six hundred dollars to go to like one concert, and this is like a couple hundred bucks for three whole days. It's just a no-brainer. So go to progstock.com and uh, you know get your tickets, book your hotel, and we hope to see you there. Well, not to mention this is also an opportunity to fan, for fans to actually get to to meet and greet with a lot oh, you, of these bands. Yeah, you're exactly right. Every single band who performs throughout the course of the weekend does a meet and greet immediately after their set. People, you know, and and the thing is, you know, uh, festival organizer Tom Palmieri has done a fantastic job of of creating this atmosphere where, you know, we're all the artists are encouraged to be around for the whole weekend. So we, you know, mingle with people. We talk to people. It's not just about signing autographs. We, you know, we get pictures taken. We do video. Um, you know, it's almost like some. Someone going on the cruise to the edge or the Moody Blues cruise or, you know, the one of those classic rock cruises where you're kind of, you know, trapped on a ship with people for a week. So the thing at Prague Stock, we're all around the whole weekend. So, um, you know, it's it's just awesome fun. Well, big shout out to uh, Tom Palmieri. I haven't seen him since we hung out with Carl Palmer. That was a pretty cool night. Oh, was that that was that was that a Progtoberfest? Yeah, he was down for Progtoberfest in Chicago at Reggie's. Yep, that was in Progtoberfest in 2016 because we circulate we performed there that weekend, and you came up to see us, and you got to hang out with all the other super cool people. There was so many, and these festivals are amazingly fun. I was intentionally supposed to be at Prague Stock in 2017, ended up in a hospital, and our good buddy Chuck Gentry got my tickets. Thank you, Chuck. However, he returned a autographed album from Zebra to me, and what a great way. To say thank you for being sick. <laughs> and on top of that, because I was sick, Natalie Brown, your wonderful and beautiful lead singer in Circuit Line, dedicated my favorite song to me. So it's been an amazing life. We can die now. Peace out. Speaking of speaking of Zebra, just want to throw a shout out to the Cruise of the Edge. I, w- I had the good fortune to be on the very first Cruise of the Edge in 2013, and Zebra was one of the bands. And, I, and uh, <clears throat> do you have that piece of cardboard? I actually took uh, like an eight and a half by 11 piece of cardboard. Maybe bigger than that piece of cardboard, and I put giant sharpie and I wrote "We love you, Ron." And I got a picture taken with Zebra with Ron. I don't know if you have that picture. The coolest picture I ever received. Yeah. I was so shocked when I got it. That was just awesome. Sorry to throw throw a little nugget in there for all the listeners. Well, you know, for those of us that are out there that don't know, Andrew and I go all the way back to high school. We're both from Farmington High School in Farmington, Missouri. And I watched Andrew at the age of 10 blow people away on piano. And you're doing it now with Robert Berry and 3.2. And... 
Did you ever think you would be jumping in to literally fill the shoes of Keith Emerson? I mean, no. on a tour. No, no. Especially not when we met in the fifth grade and we were coming over to your house. No, uh, we were in the Bee Gees and ELO at the time. <laughs> that's right. It was Bee Gees and Stealing ELO. Amway products out of your mom and dad's garage. <laughs> exactly. I think my parents came to sponsor your parents into Amway and then like that was it. We were in Boy Scouts together. We'll, we'll drop in some more nuggets throughout the course of this. <laughs> yeah, let's get back. <laughs> but, um, so, okay, so back to that question about uh, 3.2 and Robert Perry. So here's the thing. Um, I feel incredibly honored. I, um, I'm terribly excited. And for a while, I was pretty terrified. Um, I'm, I'm uh, re- you know, rehearsals are coming now. I'm not so terrified anymore. I'm just really, ter- I'm really super excited. Um, you know, I, I feel very grateful and honored. And it's a very interesting position because, you know, Keith Emerson is, is one of the greatest keyboard players in the history of rock music. And, and many people, he is at the number one on the top of the list. So, you know, the only reason that I have this job is because Keith's not available. You know, if Keith if Keith were still alive, he would have the job and I would still be, um, you know, doing my all my other things that I'm doing. Well, for those for those who don't understand the story, back in 1988, uh, Robert Berry joined Keith Emerson and Carl Palmer and formed the band three. And uh, they toured it out for a year. They had a hit with the song Talking About. And then Robert proceeded on in his career to do other albums and, and other projects, as well as Keith and Carl reforming ELP and doing Asia and things like that. Um, it took until 2015, and Robert and Keith had gotten together and started to write this new album. They were going to moniker it 3.2. And this was also during the period that Keith passed away. And so it took Robert almost a year to get this thing put together and get it passed through with permission of the Emerson family and and to really write what was a labor of love to his friend and mentor, Keith Emerson. And if you haven't heard the album, it's called The Rules Have Changed, and it's absolutely stunning. It's phenomenal. Well, you know, what's, what's really awesome is that uh, after the first three tour in North American tour in 1988, they all came home with $500,000 in their pocket, which was a lot of money, you know, in the 80s. And uh, not that it's not a lot today, but even, even more back then. And uh, they started work on a second album. And then for various reasons, which we won't get into the story here, uh, various reasons, you know, they kind of went their separate ways. And then in 2015, 14 or 15, a radio station in Boston unearthed some old board tapes from that live concert tour in 1988. And they got permission. They put it out as a double album called Three Live in Boston. And Keith got a hold of that CD. And he put it on and he listened to it. And he called Robert and he goes, hey, Robert, we were a really good band. <laughs> you know, and then Robert's like, well, maybe we could get back together and finish that second album that we we never finished. So that's, yeah, that's what happened. And uh you know, sadly, Keith passed away and, you know, Robert finished the record after, like you said, after he got the permission of the Emerson estate and it came out exactly one year ago. Funny, today's August the 14th and it came out, I believe, on like Friday, August 18th, but it came out about a year, right a year ago and it went to number one on Amazon and sold out in five countries on the first day and it placed on two billboard charts. So, you know, yeah, the how album- long it took me to get my copy. 
Oh yeah, I mean, people couldn't even. You couldn't get copies. I mean, it took Frontiers, the label. Um, you know, they were just they were sold behind. out on day one. They were just behind trying to keep up with demand. So, um, you know, by the time the record came out, I already Keith. I mean, Robert had already asked me to be in the touring version of the band, and we were working with a guy who had agreed to be our manager and uh, he just turned out to be a, a shyster. We, we pretty much lost last year. And so uh, at the end of the year, we fired him. We got a new manager and the new manager, Norman Bedford's awesome. And so we're preparing for this tour now coming up this fall. Well, it's coming. You've got 20 plus states. You're going to be performing in California, Canada, and all throughout the Midwest. Yep. It's, 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 yeah, California, Canada, the Northeast, the Midwest, and the South. And then we, then we, then we loop back up to the North, Northeast. So it's pretty exciting. I think we're at somewhere between 24 and 27 dates. Um, everything's posted. If you go to robertberry.com, you can see, uh, those tour dates also on, uh, on Robert's, uh, Facebook artist page and also on my, uh, call your music official facebook artist page all the tour dates are there and also on bands in town if you have the bands in town app um you should get that and all the tour dates are on there too so uh we're 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 easy to be found well i'm looking forward to the show you've got some amazing talent up on stage with you i had the opportunity yesterday to talk to jimmy keegan and what an amazing individual just to be able to get to tour with some of these people not only that but paul keller paul keller who was on the original three tour yeah, Paul, Paul is an, you know, Paul's one of those sleepers. You know, a lot of people don't know who he is, but yeah, I mean, he was on the, on the, I think he was on the first three album, either that or Robert was playing electric guitar. I don't know. I don't know because there's a guitar on that first album, not a lot, but, um, but Paul was on the first three North American tour and he, he was in Robert's band Hush, right? Wasn't he? Yes. He was also in Hush and that was the first band. Yeah. Back in, uh, back in the San Francisco area. Yeah. Robert's, uh, I mean, Paul, Paul is a ridiculously amazing guitar player. So a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised. And I, I got to speaking of Jimmy Keegan. So check this out. I'm looking at a poster right now on the wall here in the studio. And it's from October of 2014. And it is Spock's beard playing at BB Kings in New York city. And who was the special guest opening act listed on the poster, but this band called awaken. Oh so yes. Five Let's years, talk about awaken. Five, five years ago. Um, so basically, basically, so five years ago, I see both these bands at BB Kings in New York city. Here it is five years later. And I'm touring with Jimmy Keegan from Spock's beard and I'm in awaken. This is pretty trippy. <laughs> Um, it's just, just, it's just, it's, you know, the music business is a, is a funny, it's a funny thing. Well, let's familiarize people with Awaken because uh, Glenn DeGrosa has a band, Mike Marone's a guitar or the drummer. Um, you have now Alec Darson, but you also had um, Eric Gillette did the actual recordings. Correct. Uh, plays with the Neil Morse band. And yeah. so what an experience to, to be involved in something like that. Awaken is a, is a progressive metal but you could also call it like a like a melodic hard rock band. So if for fans, if you like Deep Purple, if you like, um, uh, let's say you like Circus Maximus, if you like Dream Theater, if you like um, Iron Maiden, but maybe if they had a keyboard player and a symphony orchestra behind them, um, <laughs> you know, for bands who like heavy hard rock, um, 
uh, or progressive metal, you would really love Awaken. And they've been around for a while. And their first album came out in 2012 on the label, Mausoleum Records label from Europe. And uh, Glenn, and, and while Glenn was working on the second, they started work on the second record and they just opened for tons of acts. They've opened for, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to start on the list. It's like, it's like, it's it's so long it would just it would take too long to look but they've opened for a pile of bands and they went through several guitar players and in 2014 when i met glenn at that spox beard show i said hey man if you ever need a, a keyboard player give me a call so he did and and uh this album took seven years to finish double album epic 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 um partly because there were some guitar player issues but also because glenn is really a world-class musician and he really put the microscope over every note and just wanted to make everything to be perfect um and also in the middle of this the the head guy from mausoleum records who was the label owner he passed away so there were some legal things going on there because they, you know, the, the, I thought they got dropped from the label. The label died. So, um, anyway, the, uh, you know, what happened was Glenn wrote all the songs and played rhythm guitar for this is a ninety-minute double album on the entire album. But he re- really needed somebody who could solo. So we went through a number of different people and, and finally wound up, like you said, with Eric Gillette from the Neil Morse band, who is playing on every track on this record. He just did a phenomenal job and he was going to come out and do some shows with us out here on the East coast. And then he had some other conflicts. So I just called my guitarist, Alec Darson from Circuline. I said, Alec is awesome. He'll, he can play anything. He's also in, on tour right now in Europe with a, a great band called Special Providence. He was in another band called Fright Pig. That's where we actually met him. Um, so Alex, you know, part of the project now. And the album is, uh, Glenn is label shopping right now. And uh, he's actually got offers from about half a dozen labels. So um, just stay tuned. And if you want to kind of check out Awaken to see how it is um we did release an official video which is a remake of the 1980 christopher cross hit ride like the wind so if you don't know the song or if you even if you do know the song from the 80s it's an awesome version you know well the uh, album is called out of the shadows that's right you have the new video release ride like the wind my personal favorite is drowning pool it's just a grinder you you knew i would like that one yeah glenn's got an amazing voice and his voice is kind of people have a tendency to want to compare when they listen to it they want to compare his voice to somebody but it's never the same person i hear in any direction it's always somebody different and i got to tell glenn this the other night your voice is kind of an incorporation of everything that is metal god it's ridiculous yeah no he's really great he's met glenn is really great and we did uh we did a show uh two months ago uh in new york city and we recorded that show and so hopefully that will be out as like an awaken live in new york album hopefully in the next year or so it depends upon what happens with the new label yeah that's what we're working on um, let's talk about Circuline real quick because okay. this was pretty much yeah you had started off in a band and then uh, kind of formulated into Circuline and you got some major acclaim especially overseas in Europe. Um, 
I personally, I, we're friends, so it's always that thing. But but Andrew, you and I both know that I have friends that give me music all the time to listen to, and it's always, hey, it's good. Yeah, we, I like this. Yeah, right on, bro. I'm proud of you. And then I heard Circuline, and the first album, Return, just sat me back. I was blown away. But then you came back a year later and sent me a copy of Counterpoint, and I still listen to it once a week. And I never, I never stopped the album. Once I hit play on the very beginning, oh. unless I am pushing a song backwards to listen to Natalie and Billy's amazing harmonies again, you know, it gets played all the way through. It's an amazing album. Oh, thank you. Um, so, yeah, uh, interestingly, uh, in 2013, when I went on that first cruise to the edge, uh, I, I, I freaked out, dude. I totally freaked out. And I just said, and by the way, and let me, let me just, you know, it was that first cruise, the edge only had 13 bands the first year. And a couple of them had some personal problems. They dropped out. So there were only 11 bands and we got to see them twice. It was yes. Steve Hackett, uh, UK with Eddie Jobson and John Wetton. Um, hang on. I'm going to, I'm just going to see. I'm going to move this computer. Let's see. Yes, Steve Hackett, UK. Oh, Carl Palmer's ELP Legacy, Glass Hammer, Nectar. No, Saga and Nectar had the issues. Uh, Zebra, Isle Earth, Ambrosia. I mean, and I just kind of had an epiphany because, as you you know, you know, and I have known each other for a long time. And I'll just give you a little bit more of my own background in that. I knew from the time I was maybe seven years old um, that. I wanted to be a professional musician. Uh, I used to turn all the lights out in the living room in my house, you know, and play the piano. And, and, I, and I, I had a vision of just being on stage in a really big hall, like doing that as a little kid. I don't know where it came from because I, don't, I never saw anyone else doing it. It's just kind of a, a knowingness. And so uh, I was a professional musician at a very young age. And uh, that wasn't supported by my family. And so they pushed me in another direction. And so I, I went another direction for about 20 years, but I always had the dream of coming back to music. So in 2011, I had kind of a snapping point and I said, you know what? I am not going to my deathbed without really, really, really trying to make it to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to do something. So from 2011 to 2013, uh, I got involved with some other projects and some other bands, some very nice people, great musicians, but they were both projects were kind of floundering and they weren't really going to go anywhere. And I went on that cruise to the edge in, in March of 2013. And I said, I want to do that. I need people who are ready, willing, and able because I, I need all three ready, willing, and able. And I came home from that cruise, and the next week I joined a progressive rock tribute band named Downing Gray. And I was the seventh keyboard player in Downing Gray. They had been around for about five years, and they would do three hour shows of progressive rock covers every night. So, and they were doing Yes, Genesis, Jethro Tull, UK, Rush, uh, uh, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. There's seven. I'm, I'm missing some. Oh, King Crimson. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff they were doing. And so I joined that band 
And I was kind of like the missing link for them. And they were, you know, the missing piece for what I wanted. So we really took off and I joined the band at the end of March and we were playing gigs by the summer, summer, fall and tour. By the end of, by the end of the year, Natalie and Billy had joined the band. And then the next year, beginning of 2014, uh, we all had a realization that we wanted to do more and by and we knew we could play because if you could play all that super hard stuff you already know everybody can play and we realized that we were never going to be able to make any money because we didn't own any of the copyrights to the music we didn't own any copyrights in the logos right so we can't we can't record we can't make records we can't sell t-shirts we can't sell, we can't we can't make any money so we're like you know what we all want and we just wanted to write we'd already been playing covering those other people's music for so long so we said you know what let's just be an original band and that morphed into Circulite so that's kind of how that started and then so that was that was beginning of February 2014 and we're like we got to get a record done so we that first album came out in 2015. We were touring by the end of 2014-15, and then, you know, then then uh, by summer of 2015, we got the call from George Roldan from the touring and that first record that we were gonna, we knew we were going to go to Rosfest for the spring of 2016, and we were like, holy crap, we got to get another album done. So then we had to crank out another album. So Counterpoint came out in the spring of 2016, like the week before we went to Rosfest. Um, you know, we've just been just going ever since. Counterpoint's a fantastic album. Thank you. You guys have been going out. Here, we'll throw our gems in. You said that you knew you wanted to be a musician at the age of seven. I knew the night I met you because I'd taken piano lessons for two years on that piano and couldn't play anything on it. You came in and just jammed on the piano. And I'm <laughs> surprised we're still friends after that. It's funny. Actually, what's really funny, that was a nice old upright piano, right? And what was weird is that I had just gotten this this BG Saturday Night Fever like piano book. You played Night <laughs> Fever on that piano, Andrew. <laughs> so so playing Night Fever, I mean, it never really sounds like you can't really imitate a band, a funky, groovy disco band with just a piano. But I was trying. You know, it's hard to get. You know, but you uh, were ten. <laughs> <laughs> But then I had the the cool opportunity when you were talking about when you discovered you really wanted to get back into this. I was there with you when you were talking about that, and I've watched you progress into this amazing musician, dude. I mean, you're just phenomenal now. You're world-renowned. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, We've just, you know... I, I just one of the things I did in 2011 also is I started you know, this is gonna be like a Tony Robbins approach but I just started putting up these positive motivational quotes on my walls and I started going to concerts to see if there was a scene and I started just scouring the internet because I thought okay there is a scene people are making a living people are making money who's successful who's making a living what are they doing what do I have to do because I'm because I thought you know I'm, I'm in my 40s at this point right and I'm thinking what am I 45 I don't know I'm just throwing a number out there 44 45 like who in the hell are in their right mind is going to start a music career you know it's one thing if you're going to go into investment banking you might make a million dollars but seriously it's going to be like a professional musician but it, I didn't care I was just driven 
and I said, you know what? Nobody's going to help me. If it's going to happen, you know, this is one of those old Amway cliches from the 70s, but if it's going to be, it's up to me. So I'm like, okay, what do I got to do? I got to practice. I got to sing. I got to start writing. I got to get in a band. I got to do stuff. I got to, you know, I got to do marketing. I got a website. I started doing Facebook, Twitter. Instagram wasn't around then. I didn't know if Twitter was around, but Facebook was. Um, and I just started putting one foot in front of the other. And what's and this is where I'm tying it back to you and Robert Barry. <laughs> is that at the end of 2011, in December of 2000, well, in the fall of 2011, you call me and you were like, dude, you got to go see this. I'm coming out for this December People concert in Connecticut. And I was like, who? And you said, like, December People. I'm like, I never heard of them. He's like, dude, you got to go to Robert Berry's. And then this band, you're rattling off all the names of the band. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But but my buddy Ron from St. Louis is coming to Connecticut. I'll drive three hours over there and we'll go to the show. So... We go to the December People show. They're totally awesome. And for those of you who don't know who December People is, December People, think of it as classic, you know, your favorite Christmas songs in the style of classic rock bands. That's kind of the tagline I came up with. I don't even know if they, but your favorite Christmas style, the cla- and the, your favorite Christmas songs in the style of classic rock bands. But so mind if, you, it's, it's uh, played by Robert Barry. It's played by Gary Peel from Boston. Yeah. Uh, I think at the time you saw Mike Vanderhoel was on Mike Vanderhoel was on drums. YNT. Yeah. Um, Dave Med, our good buddy. We all love Dave Med from the Tubes, the keyboard tubes. player. And Jack Foster, who's just internationally renowned and has done so much awesome stuff. But, and of course, Robert played in bands such as Ambrosia. He played with GTR. You know, I mean, he played with three. He's he's really got his name he's, out he's, there. Right. With some amazing, played bass for Sammy Hagar. I mean, the oh, right. guy's got his chops. Yeah, so he so it's an all-star band. And, and, you know, the music is like, okay, well, if Tears for Fears did Silent Night, what would it sound like? You know, exactly. if... Um, it's phenomenal. If ZZ Top did... What's the ZZ Top when they do? Is that... All uh, I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I mean, it's all... It's, you know, if Yes or ELP did certain songs, if uh, Sting did a Christmas song, if and they all sound just like the hits of Journey, you know, or Rush or whoever did some of these Christmas songs, what would it sound like? And they really sound exactly like the original record. It's pretty amazing. So <clears throat> we go to the, we go to the Summer People concert over at the casino, one of the two casinos over there in Connecticut. And at the bar, I start talking to Dave Matt, the keyboard player. And we start geeking out on gear and I go back to his room and we're like up until like three or four o'clock in the morning geeking out on like computer synthesizers, the Muse receptor. Um, And that started my relationship with him. And then they came back to New York. They came out to New York in January of 2012 and I went down and tech for them, loaned Dave some keyboards, went to NAMM together. Um, That got me the backup gig for Dave Med with the tubes. Now, I'm officially the, the Dave Meds back up on the tubes for like what, like the seven years. Now, of course, I've never played a gig with them because Med, <laughs> Dave's pretty religious about it. Because Dave's, you know, <laughs> Dave's never, he never misses a gig. Um, uh, but that opened a lot of doors for me. So I really, Dave, Dave, you, so you see all roads lead to Rom. That's my saying, because <laughs> you changed my life by introducing me to Robert and to Dave med. And that got me to gig with the tubes. Now, now all roads lead to my sister. Cause uh, she married Robert. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. She's going to be like, eh, if she listens to the, <laughs> right. So now we're to 2012. And by the end of that year, um, the who was on tour. 
in December, People was back on tour. So Ron came out. We went to go see The Who in Newark, which was awesome. That was a Quadrophenia tour. And and then like two days later, we're at a December People show in New Jersey. And the lighting crew doesn't show up for the show. So Ron and I get put up on the catwalk. We're, we got headphones on. And we're running lights and spotlights. That was awesome. Uh, and the funny thing is that we knew all the songs and we knew the music and we knew what was going to happen next. So um, we were like spot on with, with the cues and who was the, who was their sound by Kevin Rose? Boone. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin was like, it's so nice to have musicians <laughs> run the spotlights to be like, you know, no, knowing what's going to happen next. Um, so we have pictures of that. And then anyway, there's just a blur. Then it's just, you know, then it just after that, so you know, then it was the cruise, and then it was Downey Gray, and then it's been Circulina and Circulina, and then all the other things have been taken off, and you know, here we are. Well, dude, it's been fantastic getting to hang out with you again, Andrew. I, I love when I get to share time with you. I'm so proud of you as a, a bro. I couldn't be any prouder of what you've accomplished and how far you've taken this. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, I'm just working as hard as I can. Uh, because it's what I want to do. And I didn't do it for over 20 years. So for me, I already know what's going to happen. I already know what happens if I don't do music. You know, that part of me was depressed for a couple decades. And uh, that's just no way to live. I think if someone has an artistic bent or if someone has a burning desire to do something and they don't do it, it causes mental illness. Because it was certainly... It was certainly affecting me profoundly. Um, it, it was by the time by 2011, it had bled over into every single area of my life. So um, I just had to make a change. Well, here within, I believe we're talking about approximately 30 days. You'll be stepping in the footsteps of Keith Emerson. So, yeah, just Thanks. amazing, Andrew. I'm just amazing. I'm practicing. I have to say this 3.2 featuring Robert Berry is definitely the hardest gig I've ever done. Um, it's been the most challenging thing I've ever done. Uh, but, you know, hopefully everything's going to come out well i'm looking forward to playing with jimmy um you know jimmy's an awesome drummer he was with Foxbeard for 15 years he was with john Waite. he was on this um carlos santana supernatural album he played with kenny loggins i mean i mean come on like i'm you know i'm the, I'm the new kid i'm i feel like i'm you know <laughs> these all these veterans you know i'm i'm very honored and privileged to have a shot you know to to do this so i'm very grateful well i would really encourage everybody to, to try and make it to prog stock it's october 11th through 13th in new jersey what town is it in New Jersey, Andy? It's called Rahway, R-A-H-W-A-Y. But if you go to progstock.com, you'll be able to get all the details. And I know Sonic Perspectives follows this too, so they're 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 very much into the prog stock thing that's going on. I, I believe Joel will be there. Joel Berrios, yep, he'll be there. Joel is a, a amazing, fantastic photographer, video guy, video editor, producer, content creator. Joel is a super guy. I, I've worked with him on on several occasions. Um, Joel's a fantastic guy. Yeah, Rosfest, Prague Stock, and on tour. You'll be coming yeah, out all over the country. Yeah, he's awesome. Bro, thank you so much for your time, Andrew. Hey, guys and gals, this is Ron Matthews, and I'm thanking you for checking out the amazing Andrew Collier. Be sure to look for him on tour with 3.2 featuring Robert Berry. Hopefully, you'll get to check him out at Prague Stock. And please come back and check us out at Sonic Perspectives at www.sonicperspectives.com. And don't forget to like us on the Facebook page, Sonic Perspectives, as well. Awaken, the brand new video. This is Ride Like the Wind. Ride like the wind.